You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in to episode 17 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always the legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, sports are finally back. Uh, we were just talking about the uh, the Washington Nationals playing New York Yankees in Washington, D.C. Uh, Fauci, our guy throughout the first pitch, we'll get into that. Uh, it's in a rain delay now, but uh, nonetheless, it's good to see sports back, and uh, will lead, lead us into the weekend and also lead us into next week when basketball and NHL come back. But uh, how are we feeling about baseball finally coming back? Yeah, it's exciting to see. Uh, definitely under weird circumstances, and I'm still not used to not seeing a crowd there live. But, um, you know, that's the steps we got to take as a, basically as a country at this point just to, uh, to get sports back and rolling. So I'll take some sports over no sports, and it's been a long time coming. We basically go over this weekly that, you know, we're ready to see live sports come back, and, and you know, we can finally uh, – finally rest easier a little bit easier at night that uh it's, it's all coming back and it all coming back into the big picture of things amen let's get after it yeah so uh yankees nationals um seven o'clock espn it's i think four one right now in the sixth inning i, I think as we're recording it uh they're in a rain delay it's kind of funny rob manfred the commissioner of major league baseball obviously was uh talking on live tv and then there was just you know bolts of lightning left and right flying over his shoulder so uh, you know, I think that's kind of indicative of the offseason that he's had uh, since he's kind of an idiot. But um, nonetheless, they're in a rain delay, obviously. Um, you know, we can't have nice things in 2020 and, and playing half a baseball game, I guess, is all we'll get for tonight. But I think the Dodgers and Giants are playing also tonight. So um, that's something else to to look forward to. But Yankees having a strong showing, 4-1. to one. Uh, Stan hit a two-run home run. Judge has two hits. Um, Garrett Cole pitching great. Max Scherzer is pitching well, um, obviously, but uh, he, I think he had 11 strikeouts when uh, when the break went off, but I think we're burying the lead a little bit here. How would you feel about uh, Anthony Fauci's uh, ceremonial first pitch? Yeah, so uh, we, t- we discussed this a little bit last episode, uh, definitely touched on it. Uh, I, I think, you know, my expectations were he was going to bounce it, you know, probably two feet in front of home plate, you know, and he was going to take like maybe a foot or two in front of the, the old uh, the rubber there on the mound, uh, but you know, to my to my surprise, it was a lot worse than I even predicted. You know, basically he he kind of 
threw off the mound, if you will. I mean, he was he wasn't exactly on top of the mound. You know, he did the old like you know foot foot and a half off the off the top of the mound, and then just I mean, absolute atrocious attempt. I mean, I, I'm not you know the guy is 70 years old, probably hasn't hit the gym in God knows when, but um, just absolutely pathetic <laughs> attempts from from the guy Fauci. I mean, he he is he is uh, probably like what around seventy years old. I think if I'm that age, if I can even get off the couch, uh, I'll probably be pretty happy with myself. So, yeah, I, I'd put I'd put that pitch in fifty cent territory. I'd probably put him slightly above fifty cent just because I feel like fifty is just like I don't know, wow. an, an idiot and like still has some athletic ability. I would hope left in him, even though he's probably like in his forties, maybe approaching fifty. So. I you know it, I'd have to see the angle from uh, from uh, from center field looking back at home plate. I, that was the angle that's always played with the fifty cent one. So I'd probably have to see that to make an accurate um, you know an accurate vote either way. But I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Fauci over fifty is is my official take. Yeah, that's that's you know I don't even I can't even form a comparison. That's like Derek Carr and and Christian Hackenberg like that you know just wow. absolutely atro- atrocious on both ends. But yeah. Actually, shout out to Fauci. You know, a little bit of gain respect there. He is the research department just whispered in my ear. He's actually 79 years old, so oh, I can't I can't hate that too much. I, you know, I kind of take back what I said at least a little bit. But doesn't look a day over 69. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, just uh, pretty poor poor, uh, poor throw. But you know, I'll let him off the hook on that one. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we all we all have those days. I, I think. Uh, Every you know every time I watch the George Bush video of him throwing up the first pitch after 9/11 happens, it just like that much more impressive that he stood stood on the mound and then also threw a strike right down the middle, probably you know 50, 60 miles an hour. I think anytime you see a poor pitch like that from somebody in politics, it just puts that one into perspective. And you know also to do it you know when when the country was at an all-time low, I would say in terms of morale, um, you know. But uh, you know, I think uh, if you're going to c- compare an event to 9/11, you, you might be able to do it with the, the pandemic here. So, you know, maybe if uh, if Trump got on the mound, that you know, I'd probably have to think his arm would have fallen off or something like that, or he would have made an excuse not to be there. But uh, you know, I, I give props to Fauci for at least showing up and, and giving his best effort. Yeah, your boy. Uh, it's funny you get into that. They they say that that uh, Trump will throw a pitch at Yankee Stadium this year. I don't know when. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I'm, I'm curious to see that. But, uh, I mean, I guess it's fitting with, with Corona going on that they have a doctor throw out the first pitch. But, to me, it just more so reminds everyone of the depressing fact that, that Corona is going on. So, you know, I probably would have picked somebody different. But, you know, regardless, that that's, you know, that's what you get in 2020. Who would you pick? Uh, some I don't know. Somebody, like, real – maybe you get Ninja out there. Just because he's been polarizing. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no I don't. No. I don't. I don't really know. I, I'd have to really think stick to sports. <laughs> stick to his little controller in the darkness, but uh, exactly. You know, maybe you get uh, Shannon Sharp or, or just somebody random. I don't know. Throw Skip, somebody out there. Skip and Shannon. Both of them, yeah, back to back. <laughs> just, just, so, just so it's a competition between the two of them, because you know they'll be they'll be talking shit amongst themselves, but. Skipping Stephen A. There you go. Classic. But as I mentioned during the broadcast as well, Rob Manford mentioned that the MLB is moving towards a 16-team playoff up from eight teams, obviously. 
in the past. Um, so there's three divisions in each league. Eight teams from each league will make it. Uh, top three division winners obviously make it. And then the, the three teams in each league, they get second in their division. They're also going to make it. And then after that, the remaining teams, the seventh and eighth seed for the AL and the NL will be awarded by best record. So uh, I think it'd be kind of cool. You know, they're going to do it sort of like an NBA, NHL style, just, you know, seed them one through eight, two through seven, so on and so forth. And the first round to give uh, – the higher seeds an advantage. Um, it's going to be a three-game series, and all those games are going to be played at home. So if the Yankees are the one seed playing the Orioles, who are an eight seed, uh, those three games in the first round will be played at Yankee Stadium. So eliminates a travel day um, and, and basically gets a, a three-game stint at your home park. So I think it would be pretty cool, maybe like a, you know, sort of like the NHL and NBA, just expanding their playoffs. So, uh, you know, anytime we get some extra playoff sports and playoff baseball, I'm a, I'm a fan ten times out of ten. Yeah, I think I think it'll even be more, you know, strange and, and more, you know, abundantly clear how, how weird the season will be once, you know, if the playoffs start and there's still no crowds, I think, you know, obviously the, the importance level rises, but that's when the crowds would really get into it and, and, you know, really shake the stadiums and things like that. So I'll be interested to see how that like really feels coming off the of a TV broadcast, but. You know, I'm curious to see every every bit of the season as it progresses here. Yeah, I just I just think that MLB was at such a disadvantage where, you know, hockey and, and basketball had obviously almost finished their seasons and baseball had basically had to, you know, they were they were shut down right when they were trying to begin their season. So, you know, I just think to to give the fans and, and to give the baseball community an accurate season and an accurate champion, I think it's it's the right move and you know, and we've talked about this multiple times in this podcast over the past few weeks and months that, you know, 60 games isn't really enough time to, you know, differentiate between a pretender and a contender. Uh, so I think the extra playoff uh, teams in there going from eight to 16 definitely makes the case for a championship uh, caliber team. If, if they were to win it all, obviously there's still going to be sort of that asterisk there. But, you know, I think going with 16 over eight just makes – sense from a competition perspective if a team gets hot as we've said several times and, and makes it maybe they uh are taken down a notch in the playoffs and come back down to earth or maybe a team who is actually good but struggles um, their way into the playoffs maybe they get hot at the right time and sort of make a run in the postseason so it'll be something to pay attention to and you know we're only on night one of baseball but it's exciting that uh, after a tumultuous offseason for the MLB we're able to get to a point um to where we can be able to talk about playoffs and, and actually witness opening day yeah, that, that's all you can really ask for. And I'm scared of, of the Bronx Bombers running the table this year, but a lot a lot can happen. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe people are sleeping on the Nationals a good bit. I'm not sure. That that would be interesting to see how that plays out as well because I don't, I don't think they play in, in, you know, the strongest division in baseball. I don't think anybody would say that as, as far as uh, Phillies, Mets, Nationals, Marlins, that, that division, just not a, a powerhouse. So, you could possibly see them, you know, making a run as well. It's so hard to predict just because, as you alluded to, the 60-game season, you know, a team could could be very hot for, for a short stint of the season, and that might be enough to, to carry them into the playoffs. And then it's, you know, open like a, fl- a floodgate. You know, anything can happen once you get into the playoffs. Yeah, I teased the last episode. I, I, was, I think I was just, you know, being a little facetious, but – I did say Dodgers-Yankees World Series, you can etch that in stone. But the Yankees look good. Um, they still don't have all their guys back. D.J. LeMahieu is coming back from 
testing positive for the coronavirus, and I think he'll be activated in the next couple of days. He made the you know opening day 30-man roster. It was available, but you know he had been out in the past few weeks, so Aaron Boone decided to hold him back. I just think that if you take a look at that lineup, like one through nine, they don't have a bad hitter on the team. I think one through nine, one through nine, you could argue that you know all those hitters have all-star potential. Maybe besides like a, a Brett Gardner, I think you know Brett Gardner is probably the nine hitter, and if and if he's the worst batter on your team, hitting you know probably 280, 270, I think you're uh, you know, the opposing pitchers are going to have some trouble. Uh, but you know the the two through four, it's you know it's you know tonight it was Hicks hitting one, then it was Judge two. Uh, Torres three, Stanton four, uh, then Sanchez five. I just think that's like absolute, absolute murderer's row right there. And then you get into Voight and then, you know, DJ would be in there and then Urshela obviously in the, in the latter parts of, of the order. So I, it's it's just hard to go against, you know, a team like that. Not to mention they have probably the best bullpen in the league. And then you throw in Garrett Cole, Tanaka, um, Paxton, Montgomery, you know, at, you know, obviously starting. So, uh, and, and that's our rotation there. So, you know, Knock on wood, they can all stay healthy and, you know, finish out finish out these 60 games relatively intact with their roster. Them, I just think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And the Nationals are good, too. You know, they had some guys who, you know, opted out. I think Ryan Zimmerman opted out of the season. Um, Juan Soto, who's pretty nasty for them, um, just tested positive, I think, yesterday for the coronavirus. So they're going through it right now. I, I think they're uh, obviously not at, at full strength, but I fully expect them to be in the playoffs. You know, I don't think that's out of – the realm of possibility. And I think just the National League in general has to get used to the whole DH thing. Probably these first 10 to 15 games, obviously it's obviously an advantage for them, you know, over having your pitcher hit. But uh, I think some lineups weren't really constructed to to favor that. And, and you know, teams like the Mets who have, you know, a lot of decent hitters in their lineup are going to, are going to, fa- are going to probably be at, a, at an advantage over some teams who, you know, really weren't planning for that going into the year. So it'll, it'll be pretty fascinating to see in the Dodgers play tonight, but, you know, speaking of the Dodgers, I, I said last podcast that Mookie Betts is probably going to play 60 games for them and then immediately signed with the Red Sox, but he did just sign a 12-year, um, $360 million, $365 million deal with the Dodgers yesterday. So um, if you want to get paid um, by a team for te- 12 years, um, over $30 million, just let me talk about you on our podcast and that will come to fruition. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe he owes you a little bit of commission off of that check. Um, you know, that – not to beat a, a a dead horse there, but you know, and go around and around on the on the MLB. But every time you you mention uh, you know a player testing positive, like as soon as you say a player tests positive, I'm always like I think it's just ingrained in my mind that steroids are going to be the next word you say. And then when you say they tested positive for coronavirus, it just doesn't even feel right. But you know that that's just the the times we're living in, and it's just it's just funny to hear. You know, not fun. Funny is not the right word, and and you know this should be taken seriously. It's just, it's such a weird, weird time to to be living in, and I still can't get used to just hearing the words like they tested positive, but for a virus. You know, it's just, it's, it's very strange. Yeah, are are they still getting tested for steroids? I don't know. If you were <laughs> going to take steroids this year, would certainly be the year to do it. I I think you at least take that chance if you're on the fence. Like, unless they have a dual test, you know, test everything. You know, test steroids, test coronavirus. Maybe, uh, yeah. I, I wish I knew, but I wish I was that connected with the MLB. But um, obviously, Rob Rob Manford is, and you know, he might not be the the best man for the job, but he is the man for the job. So Fauci knows as well. So just ask him. <laughs> He's got his hand in the cookie jar always. 
right, one D.C. sports team to the next. Uh, the Washington Redskins are no longer a thing. Um, they are now called the Washington football team. Um, basically, you know, some communication came out today that they will be called the Washington football team until they can land on a name and land on a full rebrand. Um, I don't know about your, I, I guess that's all I can really say to introduce it. We can dissect it, but what are your initial thoughts on, I guess, name change slash lack of name change and where do you think they go moving forward? Yeah. I mean, obviously uh, they felt the pressure from their, their biggest sponsors. I mean, Nike pulled all their merchandise out and then even the FedEx who, you know, runs the, the basically is the biggest sponsor for their field. It's FedEx field. So they, they had to do something in order to combat all everything that's going on, but um, definitely interesting. I don't know. Like if you go to a Redskins game this year, does everything just say Washington football team on it? Like how many people are buying merchandise? with uh with no team name i don't know i think that's going to be a hard sale um you know maybe some people buy it just because it's you know very strange and, and it's only going to be for one year that uh you know this type of thing is going to go on but um interesting to say the least i think you know it after after this season they're gonna you know come up with something it's just is it a is it a name we haven't even heard be thrown out there yet or, or is it one of the one of the more popular you know possibilities that that have been talked about and and has been dissected so it'll be interesting to see I just uh you know I thought for sure they'd at least announce a team name going into the season whether you know it would be a long-term solution I you know that was to be to be basically uh seen and, and to be dissected you know for the for the years to come but uh to not have a team name at all I, I can't ever picture that or I can't really think back to when that ever happened in any sport and like even you know we have a minor league baseball team in in our town in Lancaster called the Barnstormers which you know say what you want about that name but that is a team name so it's it's extremely uh extremely puzzling in, in the fact that they don't have you know anything to represent them other than where they're from yeah it's uh I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head I mean I, I think with the, with the jersey point you made, I think just the authenticity and the commemorative value for this year, if, you know, would I buy a jersey as a Redskins fan? Maybe not, but I think there are going to be a lot of people who have interest and it piques their interest to do so. I think it's, you know, there, I think you, you told me the, the sort of quote earlier that it, it might take 12 months to 18 months to go through a full rebrand. So I think they're just essentially buying themselves a little bit more time. Um, you know, I, do I think it's the right move? Probably not. I just think it's going to be a pretty like trashy look to just go with the Washington football team for this year. But, you know, again, like if it does truly take 12 to 18 months to settle on a team and I might just call them the Red Tails this year since I'm, I'm fully like behind the Red Tails being the name. And I think that's what is ultimately going to happen. But there's this guy out there who allegedly secured, I think 30 plus over 30 trademarks for just potential, you know, names of, of what the Redskins were going to change their name to. So that might have something to do with it. I don't really know the legality behind trademarks. I don't really know if they're legitimate trademarks. And, you know, I, I'd have to think that this issue really isn't a new thing for the Redskins. So if I was in the, in their business or legal department, I probably would have secured some trademarks years ago when this first became an issue, not just in, in the recent past year or in the, the recent, you know, um, history. But, uh, you know, this this name change – talk has been going on since the 80s and 90s so hopefully back then they decided to secure some naming rights to to a few teams but if they didn't then 
it might be SOL for, for this year and they, until they can figure out uh, the legality of things. But Washington football team, that uh, it's a little crazy to, to be saying right now, I think. It just adds even more dramatic value to 2020 and, and just all the festivities that has, has gone on this entire year. Um, I'm, I am looking here at their, at their jerseys and things. I don't, I mean, it, it looks so similar to the, to the Redskins. They obviously didn't change the, the colors at all. Obviously, you know, you're missing the logos, of course, but I don't hate the, the jerseys or, you know, I don't hate their, their normal jerseys or, you know, formerly known as the Redskins. So I don't, I don't like see that it's a horrible look. It's just, you know, to go without a name obviously is, is bizarre, but, um, you know, maybe it'll benefit them in the long run, but I just see them losing so much revenue this year. I think if they would have unveiled some type of name, I think more, uh, more merchandise would be sold that way, whether it would, even if they named the team, the, the red tails for this season, then they, they totally changed it for the coming season and said, this is what it's going to be going forward. I think, you know, maybe they benefit better and from a financial standpoint, but you know, that's not the move they made. Yeah. It's uh yeah, we'll see what happens. I, yeah, I think, uh, you know they'll they'll probably make a, the the best decision for for them moving forward. Maybe they'll consult some some Native Americans if they still want to to go that route of of naming the team. You know to to honor some of their culture. I, do I think Dan Snyder's going to do that? Probably not. But that, you know I you know it, it came out that the Cleveland Indians are going to meet with some tribes. I think you know in, in the Midwest and, and you know come to an agreeable decision whether they want to change their name or not. So. You know, do, maybe they do something like that. Maybe they uh, just, you know, go out on their own, go rogue, and, and name it something totally out of the realm of possibility, which I could also see um, if it feel like anything goes to this point with that team. But uh, one name change to the other. Uh, we have a name change, I guess, a, not a name change, a name announcement. Um, the NHL, Seattle, they're, they're, they got a franchise back in 2018 ever since fans have been obsessed over the name, uh, the color, the logo, the branding. And, and even though the team won't debut until the 2021 2022 season um they released their name today and they will be the seattle kraken um what do we think about the seattle kraken uh being a part of the nhl i love it i, I give it a, every time i hear that name i just i just love it I, I i think they absolutely nailed that one hit the nail on the head uh a plus name a plus jersey design and, and a plus colors i think they you know if i was just rooting for a team solely from a, a style perspective and uh just an appeal. I think, uh, you know, I think Seattle is, is definitely the, the hottest on the block when it comes to all those type of things. No, the, like you said, knocked out of the park, jerseys, colors, the whole night, unbelievable. Apparently the the team looked over at, they looked at over 1200 names and, and did a real exploration on more than a hundred names. So they ultimately settled on five finalists, which were actually sealed into an envelope and then put into a time capsule in the Seattle space needle. Um, along with a Twinkie, a share of Amazon stock, and Nirvana Records. Um, this time capsule will be reportedly revealed in 2062 on the Needle's 100th anniversary. So if you want to know what the five uh, names were, those finalists were, then you can check back in 2062. Uh, they considered some other names, but um, you know, I think the Kraken was always going to be the choice. A couple of fans, on, when they moved back into their offices in 2018, apparently a couple of fans put on a sign on their office door that said release the Kraken. Uh, so I think the Kraken has always sort of been the front runner and always had, had been a consideration. But obviously with, with a name like that, it's kind of out of the box, I would say. So you kind of have to back it up with a strong logo, strong colors, and then subsequently strong uniforms. And I think they checked every single box along the way. 
Yeah, I think if if uh, Kraken, like the the liquor company, doesn't get involved in, in that team, they as have far to. As for a sponsorship, yeah, they they'd be missing the mark just because that makes perfect sense and uh, you know ties hand in hand with the the team name and then sports, alcohol, that all goes hand in hand as well. So. Yeah, so they're uh, so they like I said won't debut until um, the 2021-2022 season. Um, we'll have to go through an expansion draft um, to to fill out their roster, much like the uh, Vegas Golden Knights did a few years ago. Um, obviously, with uh, the expansion rules and, and how they were set up, um, and who NHL teams could protect, it obviously you know lends for some decent players being exposed to that expansion draft. So. The Vegas Golden Knights in their first season went to the Stanley Cup, um, which people forget about and, and didn't create much buzz at the time, but it's actually quite impressive that, you know, a franchise in their first year actually makes the Stanley Cup final. So we'll see. The, the NHL said they're not going to change up their expansion rules. Uh, so I do fully expect that they'll be able to pick from a few good players, hopefully none from the Rangers. But, um, you know, this makes them the 32nd team in the NHL, and I'd probably have to think they're done expanding, obviously, before the – Golden Knights came along. They were 30 teams, and and this rounds them out to 32. So I think it's a good, it's a good strong number. Um, you know, 16 in each league just gives it, you know, even more competitive balance. I'm just hoping that uh, it does. They don't take away any good players from my team, but uh, we'll have to see. All right. So uh, Terrell Owens might be, uh, you know, basically trying to show off his talent and, and show people he still has a lot left in the tank. Uh, just a couple of days ago now. Uh, he was caught. I don't think he was – it definitely wasn't unintentional that he was on camera. T.O. loves the camera, always always has, always will. Um, but he was running alongside uh, Tyreek Hill and then uh, another player. I, I think at one point he lined up with Chad Johnson at, at, one, at one point or another as well. But I definitely saw the race between T.O., Tyreek Hill, and uh, another gentleman, not sure uh, on that one, but – uh, basically, T.O. starts out a good 10, 15 yards ahead of Tyreek Hill, but uh, they, they end up racing, and then T.O. basically, you know, ends up uh, 10 or 15 yards at, at the end of it ahead of Tyreek Hill. So uh, that in itself is, is pretty pretty remarkable, pretty outstanding, uh, just because T.O. is now 46 years old, which is going to make Daniel and I feel very old because we saw him play in his prime uh, really you know, up through San Francisco and then Philly for, for a year or two and then out, out in Dallas. Uh, so uh, just kind of amazing that he's still in, in that good of shape. And, and he's said before that he's, he's wanted to come back to, to play, you know, here and there for, for franchises. So um, from what I heard, I, I heard the Chiefs would consider. Uh, that's just kind of like, a you know, one of those silly things that are thrown out there. But the Chiefs would consider signing him if, if and you know, they needed – another receiver if, if enough people went down. So just wanted to bring that up. Reunited with Andy Reid. Yeah, his best buddy. You know who needs a receiver, though? I'm going to say, is it the New York Jets? I don't know. It's just yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. No, we got we got enough, man. I don't want that headache once again on, the, on that team. I really don't. Oh, that's right. You just have people who love Hitler. <laughs> hey, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a proponent of him to get – getting signed there again either ever since he uh he's got to be like 46 years old too no Deshaun Jackson I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he's 34 I gotta see I'm gonna gonna put the research department but I think T.O. I think T.O. would beat Deshaun Jackson in a race uh maybe Deshaun Jackson definitely has has 
has had his fair share of injuries. So uh, he'd probably blow something out. Maybe he can keep up with T.O. or, or be a little bit quicker, but he, he'd probably pull something or uh, tear an ACL or something. Something catastrophic would come out of that. But uh, T.O. can handle it because um, he played he played that Super Bowl on a broken leg, right? Oh four. Yeah, he did. He did do that. I, there's a lot of things I don't like about T.O., but um, you know, kudos to him for at least giving it his all. And I think he had like 130, 140 yards in that game on a broken leg with pins in his leg. So incredible. Yeah, he's a he's a warrior from that perspective. But yeah, just uh, kind of interesting. I, I just think uh, T.O. wanted to be in the in the limelight again, and and you know he he successfully pulled that off. But it's impressive the uh, the shape that 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 guy is still in at the age of 46. He's he's kind of like Shannon Sharp. I mean, Shannon Sharp is uh, extremely ripped, and you know I think he's in his 50s if I'm not mistaken. So Aaron Aaron just has a has a affinity for for Skip and Shannon. So I think that's why you're. Uh, you're talking about about Shannon here, but uh, a T.O. though, for, being 46 and and running a 4-4, that's like absolutely absurd. And probably I don't know if they race straight up and and he never got a head start from Tyreek Hill, I probably I probably think it'd be close. I don't think T.O. wins because I think Tyreek Hill is like insanely fast, but just the fact that it would be close is absolutely impressive. Yeah, I think um you know if you line him up with you know the average receiver, just the guy that's you know not the fastest guy in the world. I think T.O. probably beats out, you know, over half of those guys at least, you know, the, the middle of the pack speed guys in the NFL. I think he at least has a chance in, in beating most of those guys. And he's, you know, 46, and these guys are in their 20s. So. It's unbelievable. Um, that's our show, folks. Thanks again for, for tuning in. Um, I hope you all go to sleep tonight thinking about Anthony Fauci's horrific first pitch, um, because I know I will, but uh, – Back at it next week with two shows. Uh, we'll talk about some more baseball, get into a little bit of the more NBA coming back, NHL will be coming back as well. But uh, nonetheless, have a great weekend, and we'll catch you next week. Aaron is going to take us home. Yep, uh, next week we'll, we'll have a lot more uh, analysis on, on a couple games. You know, everybody's really going to be kicking off either tonight or, or tomorrow, and then through the weekend with the weekend series and, and MLB, and, and we'll be soon gearing up for basically hockey and uh, the NBA to start as well. So a lot more exciting things coming, and uh, we'll look forward to it. And thanks, as always, for everybody for listening. Take us home.